This is Ryan. This is Wayne. And this is Kill the Rabbit Podcast. Uh, we skipped two weeks, I think, but trying to stay consistent. I haven't done anything because... What? I know. Nothing. Um, I had to reread what I was doing to make sure I understood where I was. Would you just drop off the face of the earth for two weeks? Yeah. It Well, I have a new team of people. So th- I worked for myself or by myself for a year and building all these things in Python and then I acquired they gave me like seven people and I'm trying to teach them and it's just something like out of the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves right you've got these seven who are following you around and similar to that but they need help a lot so I have to help them and things are breaking and expectations and everyone's trying to do all of my conversion stuff and it, it's just a it's a lot to handle and then I've been having a merge issue on so if you write software you have what's called a repository is where you save all your code and when you have more than one developer they take a little uh, they make a copy of it, they do stuff, and then it merges all your changes together nicely. So for some reason, for two days, we've been having all kinds of problems where I would pull their stuff, and it would break all my stuff, and I was blaming everyone, and and one of the guys that is has been there longer is like, you guys can't do this anymore, you can't push things, you can't touch anything, you can't be trusted it's your fault, and they were like, uh, I don't think it is, but okay. So they just kind of took the blame, and then, and then, lo and behold, today I'm looking at it, and I'm finding out it's totally not them, it's it's me. So I it had been my project, and I was switching things that, and it wasn't tracking certain things, so if you don't track something, when you pull down the source, it overwrites it with whatever is in the source. Oh, boy. So you'll say, but I wrote stuff there. Right, but you didn't track changes or save it, per se. Right. So I screwed myself on several occasions. So now, before we do anything, everyone takes a backup, which is like, the files are like, it's like two gigs. So to take a backup is copy-paste. It takes, you know, wait four minutes while you copy everything. So wait a minute. So here are these guys thinking that they screwed up, and then you came back around and said, my bad, I did it. Well, the only one, I only figured it out today when the other guy was only one guy was left, so he found out, and I told him, and you know they're they're good, they they're positive. Um, Actually, it's good for them to see that when you screw up. Yeah, well, and they found stuff in my code too that they were like, "Is this?" They're very polite, so they'll say, um, "I'm sure it isn't you." Master what is, Ryan, what it must this? be us, right? No. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's no, that's wrong. That's uh, not even close to right. That's horribly wrong. So, I um, but it's good. At least there's enough. I'm thankful to finally have someone else looking at stuff than just me because I'm so meticulous. I have to double, triple, quadruple. Like I leave the house and I double, triple check that I lock the door. And they need to be encouraged that they're on the right track. Yeah, so so it's been going good. I've been so I've been learning in life. You kind of have to let yourself 
acclimate to things. Right. And I think as you get older, you need to acclimate to things not slower, but more on purpose. Intentional, so I, yes. Intentional. So I'm trying to get back into working out again. But so for me, the pyramid is first is sleep, then food, then workout, then the realm. So that's why the realm gets put on the back burner because I realized very early, like multitasking is very dangerous because you spend a little bit of time everywhere and don't get anything done. It's it's almost better to just spend the time that it takes to acclimate the team to what you're doing. And then, so like they, one of the guys told me, he's like, we don't want you to waste your time. And I was like, it's not wasting my time. I'm multiplying myself. The more that you know, the more I don't have to do. To the point where now, when so all this work that I'm doing, right, is stuff that only I can do. But I'm teaching them. So then the team has decided, well, when he's done with his things that he's doing, just don't give him work. And so my work would be teaching them and being there to help them. Because there's, there's five engineers, and they're all decorated engineers. Um, the thing about when you have H-1B visas, so for employees or contractors that are coming from overseas... The thing that the American culture a lot of the time doesn't understand is that's the cream of the crop. They graduated from the best schools. They have the best skill sets. They have the most experience. It's the most robust experience. They speak multiple languages, especially if you're looking at a country like India. India has hundreds of dialects in different languages. There's so many languages. Some of them don't even have written counterparts. So highly intelligent, but... In the American culture, we would say H-1B visas are taking all our jobs, but in all honesty, there's probably not a lot of Americans that could do some of these higher-end tech jobs, especially in the cloud environment. So it's an interesting uh, mix sure. to be, to you know, to be <clears throat> with guys that literally the best schools like MIT, Harvard um, equivalents. Hmm. Whereas I didn't even graduate from college, but um, just the cream of the crop, like they know their stuff, and, and it's nice to not have to babysit all the time. So I've been circling back to what I'm saying is concentrating on getting myself back up to a good place, spending the time now to get everything working so that I'm more comfortable, and then do the other stuff. Whereas before I would say I need to do workout, diet, and realm all in one day, all from get-go. Just start running and do everything. And I just would burn out because you're, you know, dedicating the time to really cultivate something into becoming a habit. And then now that I'm learning even from the podcast, the realm was a habit. And now it's gotten to the point where it's not really a habit anymore because I've fallen off the wagon. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the frustrating part for me is you have to be acclimated again. To he's he'll breathe in the microphone. <laughs> he uh, that's the dog. Acclimating myself to getting back on the on the wagon and understanding that that is a fully natural process. Well, like <clears throat> my situation, I've been. I got sick the first. What's today's date is the eighteenth. Mm-hmm. 
of May. I got sick back <clears throat> probably the first week of May. And I'm on the tail end of it. Um, but like you were saying, I, I kind of thought about what you were saying about sleep comes first. I tend to get a little backwards on it, and so I've been pushing myself. So I've been working and working and working. There's been a lot of overtime. And so I come home, and I'm wiped. So I don't want to do anything. So as far as writing, you got to be joking. I can barely think. I go to bed at night. A lot of times I was up coughing and hacking away, and, and so I didn't sleep well. Um, and I think the doctor's assessment back in the early part of my situation was that, yeah, you do have pneumonia. Oh, you did? Yeah. And so I'm still, I'm still at a low. But it wasn't bacterial; it was viral. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not positive on that. All okay. I know is that it knocked the crap out of me. And so, um, when you think in terms of priorities, yeah, rest. My body was just craving rest, and um, I'm trying to get over it. I took the pills till they ran out, but um, I'm just barely getting through the day. Mm-hmm. And then come the night time, a lot of times I'm having to work overtime. So if there was any ever a time during this whole thing that we've been doing stuff that I could say legitimately, I didn't do anything um, with good reason, this has been the time. At the same time, I still think it's been really good to have the continual reminder that don't give up on your goals mm-hmm. But you do have ebbs and flows of, you know, uh, different things going on in your life. It may be your health. It may be, you know, other unexpected things that are happening. And so it's ridiculous to think that you can continue on a regular schedule of doing something for the same amount of time at a same specific time of day, week after week after week, Mm -hmm. unless you just have a total control of your life, which I don't know anybody like that. Which I I feel like I did earlier in my life. But I, I was broke, so I mean, I didn't. Ha- I had time to the access. You had less responsibilities. Yes. And like one person put it to me one time wisely, he said, "The older you get, the narrower are the choices that you have mm-hmm. in what you can do." Mm-hmm. And it has a lot to do with added responsibilities like wife, children, um, maybe age-related stuff, maybe experience-related stuff. Like, for instance, right now, at this point, juncture in my life, when I stop to think about, well, I need to make more money, okay? So I'm thinking, well, I could do some overtime. Well, actually, I didn't think about overtime at first. What I thought about was just, well, maybe I need to get a part-time job so I can pay down some bills, so I can get some freedom so we can have a little more financial freedom right now. Well, one of the blessings that happened was that I'm getting all this overtime, and so what I'm bringing home free and clear, there's no way I could find a part-time job to make that kind of money. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's been a really good thing. The only thing was the last couple of weeks, not feeling well, um, still having to do it. It's been a real drain. So it's hard. And, um, but like you say, um, your body often dictates what you have to have. Like you say for, for working out, you think about, when you were younger and you had you realized that you couldn't exercise both upper and, bo- and lower body every day because mm-hmm. you got to give your muscles a rest. Yep. So one day you did the upper body and then the next day you did the lower and then you kind of traded off so that that one that you just exercised could 
rest, recuperate, and otherwise what you're doing is you're asking for problems. Yeah. Because the body is going to strengthen at a certain rate and you can't overdo it. And you, you have to get the rest. You have to, you know, do all the kinds of stuff you have to do to make sure that you uh, are taking care of your body. And Well, even on schedules, like, so the last, and the last two weeks have been traveling. So we traveled to, to Miami two, uh, two weeks ago, a week ago, two weekends ago. And then last weekend we were in Austin. So I literally got off the plane Wednesday, went to work Thursday, and then left Friday to go to Austin, which is great, but it's just for me and my wife, <clears throat> we were just talking about it, and it's just like, I just want to, like, stay home now a little bit. Just, you get tired. Like, it takes, for me, like, social engagements are very exhausting. It takes a lot of energy. I'm very good at it socially, but it's very hard for me to be on that much. So, um... And your body craves a certain amount of stability for rest sake, but also diet. Uh, You go out of town, you go someplace else, you don't, you can't maintain a certain diet of what you normally eat. I'm not talking about diet diet. I'm just saying your body's not used to eating certain foods. Yeah. And well, so, and you're on someone else's timetable too. Right. So, and it's funny you say that. So, um, and we were in Miami. We were visiting um, a friend and, you know, they happened to come um, more than the average Joe as far as uh, resources. So it was an interesting thing to go out uh, to restaurants that were just, it's not even that they were so extravagant, it was just I, I wasn't used to going out, um, you know, dropping $300 on dinner every night. It, it, like, it, it was an experience, but the interesting thing to me was it wasn't any better than Chewy's, mm-hmm. right? Or Tony's or some of these other restaurants that I really like to go to, and you know, and the people that you that you go with are like, oh man, this is just amazing, and it's like, but it's really not that. I mean, it's not you it's know, not worth hundred dollars. Yeah. So it it, it was an interest. Not that not that that's a bad thing, and I'm not knocking on anybody, but it, it's you know sometimes that's just people's lifestyle, and that's totally fine. But for me, it was just. You know, then you, it, it reminded me of like when I was in, when I was a waiter, right? You know, it blew my mind that people could go and spend like $40 on dinner. That, I just didn't, I could not comprehend that amount of like excess. And so to go and just blow money on food and as an experience is interesting, but you come away thinking, wow. Now I kind of understand that other side, but it's really not, at least for me, and maybe somebody else, maybe my palate is just not as advanced, but I just thought it was interesting to myself. Of Sometimes sometimes we do things, um, and, and sometimes the motive is, you know, are we doing it just because we can or, or because we really want to? And so, and like I said, I'm not trying to harp on anybody like that. I'm just saying for me personally, for Ryan personally, going to places like that. You know, it's interesting. Because I think some of it has to do with the value judgment. Um, because, like you said, the food isn't any better here than it is at other places where it's less expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's just that, you know, it's kind of like driving a $400,000 car. Mm-hmm. 
is it any more fun or enjoyable than driving mm -hmm. your, your piddly mm -hmm. little Corvette? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, no, you enjoy that tremendously. But the fact of the matter is, whether it's that fancy restaurant or if it's the expensive Lamborghini, only a few people, percentage-wise, yeah. are actually enjoying that. And so yeah. there's something about you. It's a certain club of elites that yeah and but it's very um it's more exclusive than inclusive right uh just by nature of there just isn't as much of that but like you know i get knocked on by some of the people that you know i run in circles with that are yeah well what, why would you why would you drive your expensive corvette every day to work and you're only putting miles on it. It's resale value. And it's like, you know, I'll either run it in the ground or I'll off it in a couple of years. It's for fun. Um, and it's not discounting it. It is an expensive car. It is a lot to handle. But the impetus of the decision of what I'm doing for myself, and I didn't even, I wasn't going to even buy it. But my wife was like, you like it. You don't like a lot of things. I don't buy it. Even as a technology guy, I don't buy computers and gadgets all the time. My phone's like two years old, I think. But for me, it's like, I love cars. I love watches. Well, I bought an Android watch so I can just change the face all day, which to me satisfies that, oh, another one, another one. I haven't bought another watch. You know, and all my, you know, I have a really nice, like, uh, Bulova, and it's, it was expensive, and the battery died. But my digital watch, like, will never die because I just recharge it. it. Those kinds of things, like, you know, even the wife's like, well, just get the battery changed. And it's like, eh, I mean, I would. But, I mean, it, yeah. it costs you $100 to change the battery. Really? Because they have to re-vacuum all the doodads and other things. Just like when I buy a Lamborghini, I'll buy a Lamborghini versus a Ferrari. Whereas the Ferrari, you have to ship the motor every 30,000 miles. I've heard this from a mechanic. Now, I don't know how true this is, but it's just a safer buy on the Lamborghini side because they last longer, whereas a Ferrari is kind of built to be serviced at a continual pace. Mm -hmm. I, I would much rather buy something that you know is a little bit more hardy that I can just really get into. But like I said, that's only because I love cars. And when I bought the, when I bought the Corvette, the interesting perspective that I would always ask myself when I buy something expensive, would I do it in the dark? Would I do it with no one looking? And if the answer is yes, and you're only doing it for yourself, because at the end of the day, when I drive it to here and there to work, there's days I put it in economy mode. And Corvette enthusiasts would murder me to know that I was putting so much horsepower in econ mode and listening to podcasts as I drive five miles below the speed limit to work. <laughs> Because it doesn't, because for me it's the entire experience, because right. I love it as a toy. Right. But I mean, I digress. What The point that I'm making is learning to love those things about yourself and learning what I like, what I don't like as far in, in schedules and diets and getting back into things and getting back on the wagon with the realm. Um, it's, it's okay to give yourself permission. And it took me a long time to learn that. And I would really get down on myself and especially if I wasn't making enough money, I would just really, no, I can't believe this, or I wasn't doing the right things with diet or exercise. Or you know, it's kind of like results. stopping yourself every once in a while and ask, um, I feel the urge to do something. What's motivating it? Is it truly my desire or is it pressure from the outside? Exactly. 
and it's a hard it's a hard question to ask and it's a hard question to answer honestly mm-hmm. and i don't the more it's for me i've always been interested if i didn't if i wasn't in computer science i would be in sociology because i just love people watching and to me it's just a very interest just how things transpire socially is just very interesting to me um just to observe you know what i'm saying like with the cars and the restaurants and things i'm just there i feel like i'm not even participating i'm just observing like hmm, this is interesting when you ask yourself i've heard this and you have too um matter of fact our next door neighbor who uh deals in and higher end homes and cabinetry stuff like that and we were talking one day and he was commenting on the fact that he uh, uh of how so many of the people that he deals with who are who are wealthy are really basically kind of unhappy. Now, obviously not every wealthy person is unhappy because that would be ridiculous to say that. But what is it about some people who are wealthy and they're not happy? Maybe it does go back to why do you do the things you do? Exactly. Do you wear the designer clothes, the designer watches? Do you show up the socially elite places? Do you make sure that people notice you in, in doing different things? Do you want to have your... A building named after you all these different things for you mm-hmm. um, but is it because you desire that or um, would you be okay if you were on a desert island it was just you yes and would you be doing things and really enjoying them just for the pure sake that you enjoy them do you really need all that external praise and approval mm-hmm. um, well and how you source your your validation uh, as when I was younger, validation came through physical fitness. So how fit I was was very dependent on, and it's a huge motivator. Like self-validation is a big deal. Um, trying to conscious now, I think as I get older, it's a conscious effort to try to get out of the rat race. Mm-hmm. And I find myself getting into it and not realize, oh no, I'm doing it again. You, you know what I'm saying? Like right. someone says, hey, if you get this promotion, then you can kind of run with this, or you can fly on the corporate jet, or you can. And you're like, ooh, that's really good. I really want to do that. And you you kind of have to catch yourself to, like, um, look at what you're doing and why you do what you do. Right. I, I mean, we talk about the working world. That's a great place to, as an example, too, because there are certain job types, uh, job titles um, that, that are, hey, that's the one to have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to some people whether they would be happy doing that or not. It's just the money. It's the title. Uh, as opposed to, could you be happy just being a trash collector? Mm-hmm. I mean, would that be something that you would enjoy doing? I mean, that's somebody somebody needs to do that. Yes, you know, just like some people need to be teachers, policemen, firemen, all all the rest of those things. And uh, it's it's not a matter of the money. It's not a matter of the status or lack of status. It's where, based on the way you've been designed, where do you function best? Where are you the most fulfilled and, and happiest in doing what you're doing. But like you say, trying to get out of the riptide of the culture's mm-hmm. pull to do things for reasons other than do I really want to do this or not. It's more yeah. for them about approval from yeah. others. And and that's really kind of sad. Well, and on the flip side too, um, the car is interesting because the car generates a lot of discussions with older men uh everyone seems to be older that drives i think i'm 
one of the younger ones. Although with the new body designs, I think they're attracting a lot of the younger buyers. Um, but you'll just sense this, like, you know, for some of these people, it's just, you know, this is an obsession. Not with my car, I'm just saying, like, in general, like, oh, I've always wanted this. And then, it, you know, it has to be a little disappointing to finally get to that goal and then realize, you know, not that it's nothing, but just that, like, you you kind of you miss some things along the way. And, and I think on the flip side of what you were just saying about um, the rat race and everything, for myself, I'm such a people pleaser that I have to consciously, like, I'm happy wherever I go. I've worked for a meat grinder, and I made it so that it was enjoyable, and I had fun with it, and everyone else was miserable. I make the best of things. The bad side of that is I will make the best out of a horrible situation that you legitimately need to get out of. Um, so that's kind of my the downside of that. So, you know, hey, it, let's think positive. And it's like, no, you really need to use this as like a push to get out. Um, so knowing where to, it, I'm, I'm dealing a lot with that with, with my job now. I love what I do. Um, but there will be opportunities that will come up, like a lot of the remote opportunities or things dealing with more of, you know, back-end Python engineering stuff that I really, you shouldn't ignore those right? You're not always going to be young. You're not always going to be um, at the cusp of some technology that's really desirable. That may not always be the case. So you really need to take advantage of those things while you can. So that's, but I don't like it because it's change. So even thinking about like moving on to another position, it makes me physically sick because I feel like I'm letting someone down or I'm not, you know, I just got this team and, and what about them? You really have to consciously Take a step back, think about yourself, think about what's good for you. And like my wife is a therapist, so self-care is very important for them, um, which I'd never heard of that before. So, you know, whenever it's let's stay home and do what we want, it's, you know, self-care. Like, just be conscientious of what your body is telling you or, you know, where where you need to recuperate and things like that. So, that's good. Yeah, so I think next week I'm really going to try to get sleep down and start hitting the gym again. And diet's been going okay. I bring my lunch. Um, that's how I have to do diet. Like I have to bring it so that I don't leave myself to my own devices. Otherwise it's, oh, well, you know, let's go do this. Um and then the realm, and then and then really getting into that uh, again, and doing better with it, and being more consistent with the podcast. Um, it's just all been overwhelming. Yeah, and after a while, and, and I guess earlier what I said about this has been good to continue it because what becomes, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way too that. Uh, when you start to fail on a regular basis to meet your expectations, after a while you get kind of embarrassed, and so you just kind of back out altogether, and you stop trying. And and I've done that. Um, and the bad part of it is, it's, it's life is, you know, unpredictable. And there are weeks that it was easy for you to do something, and you were able to do it. But then there's other times it's not. And so learning how to to work with the ebb and flow of life and not 
get down on yourself. Okay, so you didn't do so well this week uh, for whatever reasons they are. Mm-hmm. Just keep plugging away at it because one of the things that you, you didn't focus on initially, um, but that comes along with continuing, and that's the perseverance factor, mm-hmm. that you're sticking with it. No, you're not making incredible leaps and bounds of progress in, in, in the goals that you had, but you're you're keeping your eye on the goal and you're, you're continually recentering yourself on that goal. And yeah, I'm getting better. I was sick the last couple of weeks, but um, I'm I'm going to keep uh, keep on keeping on. And so I feel confident that I'm not going to lose sight of those goals. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I think that's it. That's Just it. Try to get back on and get back on the release yep. schedule and yep. stuff like that. So I agree. We'll check in next week. Yep. See you later.